0: It is Pastor Rick. Glad you're with me today on On Demand. We have today something that you don't want to miss. It's a father talk. It's a talk about how fathers have to learn to press forward. It's a father sermon for Father's Day. And that's what this message is going to be about. How fathers press through challenges and how they overcome. And there's a wonderful list of three things that a mother said to her king's son. That's right. He was a king. And she said, Son, there are three things you need to know. And these three things can affect your life. So stay with me today. This is going to help everybody the moms, the dads, especially the dads, and those of you who want to know what's some good advice to keep you on the right road. I want you to stay with me. It's going to be great. Stay right there. But I want to take you back on a journey. Go back with me to Philippians chapter 3, which is our verse for the month. And I want to read this for you. And I want to read it through the eyes of a father. Let me read what it says. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. This is... um, A verse that we have been talking about for the last few weeks and there are four elements in the verse that we've been focusing on we said if you if you really want to move forward in your life you have to first of all forget certain things you can't allow yourself to continue to focus on what you didn't do in the past secondly you have to learn how to reach for things the word in in the language really means to strain so it it, the idea of straining forward then thirdly we have to have as we're going to talk about today this pressing attitude grit and what I call a stubborn level of fatherly grit since his father's day. And then we are going to talk about next time, believing the importance of believing being a positive person. There's something about having confidence in your life. Now in our study, I want you to notice with me, there is a, 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 a verse that will expand this concept of, of how fathers need to press. There are three things that men tend to need to press through. And there's a a woman, a mother in Proverbs 31 who speaks to her son and she identifies these three areas. So again, remember the four things that we're talking about for the month, but remember the third thing, which today is about pressing. Paul said, I press toward the mark. The question is what can stop you from, from getting there? What do you press against? And there are three tendencies that we have to be careful of. And a mom, as I said, talks to her son and kind of tells him, hey, guys, these are the things you need to be careful about. The Bible says in verse chapter 31 of Proverbs, verse 1, the saying of, of King Lemuel, I love this, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Mom's talking. And she says to him, there are three things I want you to think about. Three, three simple things I want you to think about. One, I want you to watch out for women. I want you to make sure that you're clear. You need to watch out for women. This is what she tells her son. Second thing she says is watch out for for drinking and drugs. And thirdly, she wants him to watch out for the disadvantaged. Watch out for how you treat the disadvantaged. It is so easy for us to get caught up in these three traps. We become insensitive to people who don't have what we have. We become people who cover up our emotions with alcohol and drugs. And we become people who are smothered in in false romances as if there's somehow a a real benefit to living that way. And I I want you to listen to how she says this in verse two, which I think is just profound because this is from a mom talking about her own gender. It's really powerful. Now, this, this is so important and I've learned this in my life. A man needs to have a good woman in his life that he's not in a romantic relationship with necessarily who gives him good advice about dealing with the opposite sex. You need to have somebody in life. I have just, I, in business, I've learned the value of having women in the room. They bring, they bring another element to it. So just talking to guys today, I want you to hear me. This is a mom saying it to her son. Here's what she says. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. It says twice, listen, 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 my son. I mean, she's just, I mean, it's like, wow, these listens three times. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son. The answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women. Wow. And the King James, it says, do not give your strength to women. Your vigor are those who run kings. Do not give your strength to women. You might say, well, how do you do that? You live for that kiss, that hug, that relationship, that beauty. You live for that. All of your energy, all of your your thought, conversation is all about that. You know, it's interesting when you get a bunch of guys together and you get them alone and you listen to what they talk about. This is one conversation. If They're not careful. Women, same way I know. And I could flip this and say, women don't give your strength to men. But I want you to just, since we're focusing on fathers, I want you to think about this one thing. It's really easy for this to become the dominant thought in your life. It's in every movie and every song. Everything is telling you, give all of who you are to a romantic pursuit. All of who you are Pornography drags you into this thought. You know, I'll just sit there and drool, and so you just sit there and fantasize and drool, and 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 allow paid actors and actresses to fool you, and to make you think that's love, that's good. It is not good. It's not. It's not. If it was, if it was, I tell you, yeah, I tell you, that's, that's all. Go sit and watch some stuff and drool together. But no, it's not. And he says, she says to him, listen, do not give your strength. To women this is the mom saying son listen 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 three times listen 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 and i want to say if i've seen more people destroy something so good because there's nothing like being in love there's nothing like having a good intimate life and a good happy romantic life there's nothing like that i'm telling you i acknowledge that i i, I am so happy that I've had that experience in my life, but that is not all life was meant to be. Life was not meant to be dominated by that. So mom says, listen, listen, listen. Then she says the second thing. She says, I want you to know, it's not just women. Sir, I want you to watch. He says, says, it's not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer. (laughs) Some of you are already shrinking. Verse three. Verse 5, brother. At least they drink and forget what has been decreed. The problem with it is you you forget, start forgetting stuff. If, If you become too involved in alcohol, the problem is you forget what's been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. You'll start abusing people. Let beer be for those who are perishing. Wine for those who are in anguish. The word beer there really is translated to King James as a strong drink. Or and where, are you trying to say don't drink? I'm saying, I'm saying this to you. Saying, say two things to you. She said, watch out for it. She said, watch out for it. Just understand the dangers of it. I just just if you you want to watch out for women watch out for your your romantic life getting And some of you ladies saying you know that's good advice for me too yeah probably so I'm sure that since she felt this way as a woman advising her son she understood this was good stuff for her too but just for the sake of staying in the context of what we're talking about today please understand guys this is a warning about the dangers of it now you got your own testimonies somebody asked me one time so Pastor Rick well, now, Jesus drank wine. OK, but for, first of all, you don't really have, you know, a whole lot of examples. You have the, you know, the Lord's Supper where they, you know, you, you don't have any any big get high, get drunken. You know, let's go party and get drunk examples in Jesus life. You don't have that. What you're doing and what he did is totally different and ain't culturally ain't with dinner. It's just like we're going to get slopped out. That's not that's not that's not. That, that is the concern she has. And some of you say, well, well why don't you drink? I, I always tell people, you know, I don't drink because I might like it. <laughs> if you ask me. If you ask me, now, I, I'm already extreme. I don't need any help. I don't need anything. I don't need any drugs. I don't need anything. I'm already extreme. I'm already there. I tell you what, I don't need any help. I probably like it. You know, I'll be sipping all the time. So for me, it ain't ain't any good idea. I've seen what it's done in my family and I am not happy with that result. So I stay away from it. I like to be clear in my head and it's already a lot going on up there. So I don't need any help. But I want to say the the mom's advice was stay away. Be careful. Then the third thing she says, the danger is you won't be fair to people. You'll forget the decrees. Then she goes on and says this in verse 7. This is strong. She said, let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor. Don't forget the disadvantaged. Because if you're not careful, if you get caught up in drinking and if you get caught up in womanizing he says she said you'll forget everything you're supposed to do as a, as a king you won't be fair you won't be fair to your family you won't be fair to your children you won't be fair to anybody because you'll be so so slopped up and lost you won't and some of you have a problem with this and you know it and it's important for you to pause you know I, I whenever I talk about this people ask me a question I say well yeah you're trying to say I don't drink is that what you're trying to say I have the power to stop you from drinking, but I ask you this, what has drinking done for you? Has it harmed you? If it has, then okay, think about what I'm saying. That's what she said. Advice to help you move forward in your life. Pressing through this season of temptation and saying, no, I'm not falling for this. Pressing through the temptation to live hidden in a bottle somewhere, sitting in a chair, trying to find peace, using drugs as an escape place. Press past that. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize. I have a, a prize in my mind that I want, a place I want to be. And, and he, he, she's saying, this is not the way to get there. And that's just an important thing to think about. You know, in, in my life as a dad, I have learned that it's an honor to be one. I've learned that it's an honor to be a dad and and it's a great responsibility that I've learned to embrace and I think it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life to have a person who is ready and able to be present in mind and body, key statement, mind and body with your family and to be able to help your family prepare for the long distance run in life, to help them become all they're supposed to be. But one thing I've learned about the fathering, and it's an emotional journey. And a lot of men aren't prepared for it. A lot of guys are not prepared to deal with kids, talk to their daughters, and negotiate through things. They're just not prepared, and a lot of times they're lost emotionally. So I want to I jump into the questions then that, I, that people ask me about fathering and Some of the things that people say to me help me understand how hard this is for some of them. Because some of them have never had anybody teach them how to be a father. And it scares them. And I'm not justifying abandoning your family or anything like that. I'm simply saying for a lot of people, a lot of guys, since we're talking about men today, they're not prepared. The advice that Lemuel's mother gave to him, that advice is a mom trying to help prepare her son for life and the areas that she thought he would miss if he wasn't careful. And the questions I'm going to read for you illustrate this point. It shows you how unprepared some of us men are to deal with the difficulties of life and the emotional side of it. Now, that's the big surprise for me. The big surprise for me is how emotionally difficult fathering can be. And I don't want to, so let me just whip these questions and then I want you to just kind of think about them. I'll put them on the screen and you think about the answers I'm going to give you. Here, number one, how do you manage, men ask me, the emotion of being a father? How do you manage the emotion of being a father? Here's what, you, here's, what I, here's what I want you to hear me say. Number one, I want you to be honest about where you are emotionally. That's the first thing. You want to know how I deal with it, I'm honest about where I am. I don't lie to myself. That's one of my big commitments. Tell yourself the truth. Then I try to give myself space between what I call dragons. Whenever, whenever it becomes emotional for me, I, I give myself space. I back up. There's something about stopping and, and allowing yourself to, to, to emote and to, I'm, I'm feeling bad. It's not a great day. Let me go watch some, something on television. Let me go eat something, do something, run, jog, hunt. Let me do, hunt, do something. Let me admit that emotionally I'm not in a great place. That's how you help yourself. That's how you manage the pressures of being a father. The second question people ask, men ask me, how do you manage the in- inequities of father faces? I believe that there are a lot of things that aren't fair to everybody. Everybody has an in- a story. Women could talk about inequity in the workplace, that I don't get paid the same pay as a man who does the same job. There are people who can give racial inequities. There are gender inequities. Women aren't treated the same. And in in a lot of business contexts, things that are said to people who are educated, there's inequity. You're treated badly sometimes when you're educated. Sometimes you're treated badly when you're not. Inequity is in our world, and I know it's it's in a lot of places, but this question is about fathers. When a father feels that he's not treated fairly or equally, there's inequity. How do you you deal with it? Number one, I think it's important um, (laughs) to be fair. Whenever you feel that someone's not treating you equal or fair, or the kids don't like you as much as they like their mom, or you feel that whatever inequity you feel, you have to remain approachable. You can't just say, Nobody's treating me fairly, so I'm going to be a mean person. You, you don't want to do that because I think that sometimes I call it a father tax. That that's part of of it. There, 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 there are demands and expectations that they have on you that maybe not on, on, on anybody else. And a mom can relate to that because there are inequities that a mom feels that no, nobody else has. So when you feel one, just be fair and then be approachable. You know, be honest about how you feel. But be fair and be approachable and then secondly, understanding inequities come with the job like I said it's a, it's a tax it's part of it sometimes. I accept that with this job as a pastor there are certain things that aren't fair. there are certain expectations that come with the job and thirdly, I understand that everyone can't see things from my perspective they can't if they're not me if they don't have my responsibilities that they don't they're not me you're not me you may be helping me but you're not me and I understand and, and I really <laughs> One of the most amazing moments in my life was switching places with my wife in terms of responsibilities. We were. One of my greatest illustrations is the one of, with the clothing, which I told a thousand times, where she was washing clothes and trying to keep with all the clothes, and I said, "Oh, girl, you know, you know, let me take over the clothes because you don't know what you're doing. I'm going to help you with these clothes." And I took over the clothes. And said, let me tell you. Let me tell you. That was the, man, It was hard. It's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, I, It was horrible. It was horrible because. I didn't know how she felt because I wasn't dealing with it equally. But when I took over, I saw the weight and, and, and I, I, I did things that fixed it. I got two washers and two dryers. I changed a lot. And let me tell you, my whole, I have a whole philosophy about washing clothes. If you've heard me preach, you've heard me talk about it. And it's from that experience. Changing places, if you have to pay all the bills... If you had to be the main support of the family, if you had to go cut the grass, if you had to do whatever it is that that other person does that you don't do, it would help you be, if you had to keep the kids. Inequities happen, and sometimes it's because people can't change. They can't see from your perspective. To be a really great person, I think you have to learn to see it from the other side as a boss. I love the book, Dying for a Paycheck. I love the book. I love it. You know why I love that book? Because it says, look at it from the employee side. Get on the other side of it. And so guys, understand that sometimes people can't get on the other side of your life. And that's just something they can't see. So just learn how to manage that. So here's another one. How do you manage judgments women have about men? Well, a lot of times women have judgments about men, you know, know, because they don't understand. You know, you don't sometimes understand their past journey with other men. Women sometimes uh, that you deal with that may have a, a negative view of, of you, they, they come into the relationship burned many times. And secondly, sometimes you have to say, I'm not going to blame myself for what others have done. You have to say, I, I, you know, when, if I see her having a negative view or whatever and I keep hearing about other people, I can't own what other people did to her. I'm, and don't do don't, don't don't own it. You didn't do it. You cannot own. You may be paying for it. They may want to tag you with it. But, you know, know what you did and what you didn't do. Thirdly, watch this now. Accept the blame for what you've done. If you are the reason why she has a negative view, then say accept the blame and then do better. Accept the blame. Yeah. OK, I was insensitive. OK, I was whatever. And then and then do better. Number four, how do you manage? Oh, boy, going. How do you manage sexual temptations? You ready? First of all, <laughs> Face the temptation honestly. Don't lie to yourself. Admit something tempts you. I'm not going to read it, but Romans chapter 7, verse 14 is one of the most incredible texts in the Bible. Paul admits he struggles with everything. I mean, the language he uses, and I'm going to paraphrase it. He says, I want to do good, I can't. When I try to do right, I can't do right. Just read it on your own. Romans 7, verse 14 through verse 25. It's, it's, a, it's a long dissertation on how I struggle. It's a guy who is the, the most amazing guy who's come along in years. And he says, I want you to know I'm struggling to do right. So sometimes you can have temptations and you're not honest and say, yeah, I'm struggling. I like that person, that kind of person, that flavor of ice cream. You can, I mean, be honest about it. Let me tell you how you get in trouble. You're not honest. My, my key to success for all the years that I've been married and my key to success is the guy that's not, you know, running around. is because I'm honest. So number one, face the temptation honestly. Number two, you ready? Don't create an opportunity for the temptation to win. You go over there, you know, I'm telling you, if you do one and two, three will happen. If you go over there and and lie to yourself say you're going to study the Bible, you're you're not not telling the truth. You got to tell the truth. No, I'm not coming over there, and you can tell them. I ain't coming because I'm going to try to sleep with you if I come over there. So I need to stay over here. We need to stay as far away as we can. I meet in the public, in the park, in the daytime with a whole bunch of people around. I mean, you need to be honest. I'm out of control. Tell yourself the truth. Or, you know, if you're not going to tell the truth, you're just playing games. You're not going to win. You're going to get trapped by something, end up in some some. Incredible, incredible, um, (laughs) foolish place. And that is tragic. That is tragic. That's a tragic, 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 one more time, tragic outcome. I've seen guys lose jobs, careers, opportunities, all because of that. Last question for the day. How do you forgive yourself for not being the father you should be? Let me add on to that. How do you forgive a father who wasn't the father you wanted him to be? <laughs> Let's start with that one. Okay. This is a little bonus. What you do, understand, people fail. I, I, um, everybody just doesn't understand sometimes when they need to you you know when you're a little they may just needed to grow up a bit and they they just, just they cannot even give you a reason why they weren't there for you but you can't live there you can't live there I'm gonna tell you it's unhealthy for you and if you're the father that that feels like man I I blew it here's what the Bible says the way Jesus forgave you, if you weren't the father that you should be, you forgive yourself. I love 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If you confess your sins, God's faithful and just to forgive you, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. There's something about saying, I'm not perfect. I blew it. And forgive yourself. And I think what happens is when you Look at your father who maybe wasn't perfect, or you look at yourself and you're not perfect. You forgive your father because you realize that you're a forgiven person. Well, I, I just can't. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just doesn't work well for you. Forgiven shall be forgiven you. There's something about learning how to say, I can sit here and judge this person forever and hate this person and prepare for the big speech when I see them. I'm going to say A, B, C, D. In man world, that doesn't work well anyway because men are warriors, so you just end up in a confrontation, and that doesn't help anything. Do you want to win? Paul said, pressing toward the mark. What's the mark? What's the goal you have in your mind? Let that be what you focus on. You see, in my life, I want to win. I don't want to waste time being angry with people. I don't want to waste time being frustrated. I don't want to waste time holding grudges. I don't want to waste time it doesn't help me in any way, financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. In no way does it help me relationally. It doesn't help me at all. So I choose to forgive and move on. Do the same. Give yourself a better life than that. Don't be consumed with it. Now, what I've said today hopefully helped you. And hopefully it motivated you to the last piece of our conversation, which is about believing. You know, one of the reasons that God told us to believe him is because he knows it's the best way to do things. Believing is not about straining out some confidence and faking some hope. Believing is really trusting God, trusting Him with your life. Believing is saying, you know what, that's the smartest way to do it. And I have this little routine I I go through every day. When I get ready to go to bed at night, And I've got what I call my success routine, right? And I've learned that if I do certain things, I just have a better day the next day. It's really simple. You know, you, of course you wash up, do the hygiene work, and then you, you know, I stretch on a good day, right? Get the bones moving, you know, cause everything's stiff <laughs> by the end of the day. Then I've learned if I lay everything out, all my clothing, everything I'm gonna wear the next day, I don't have that hustle in the morning. I have a, another couple of three things I do and it's designed for me, sometimes I, you know, I just, I'll, I, it's my routine. It's my, it's, it's what leads me to success. In the morning when I get up, I, I don't cut the television on on purpose. I make sure that I, I get up and I'll sit there for just a few minutes and just think. Just, just to pull my mind together. And if there's something that bothers me, I'll pray about it. If I'm angry about something, I'll pray about it. And I'll ask myself this question, Ricky, what are you mad about today? What are, you, what, what, are you, what are you ungrateful for today? God's been good to you. Things aren't perfect, but I want you to, you know, there's that, you know, I'll tell myself, don't insult God with unbelief. He's been too good to you. And I just have this little prayer thing I go through, and it's just, it just purges my soul. That's my routine. I call it my success routine. I believe in it. And I believe that what God said works in my life. And I'll talk about that next time because it's not just forgetting what's behind you. It's not just reaching for what's in front of you. It's not just pressing through things, but it's believing that God has an upward plan for you, a plan to bless your life, a father, a mother, wherever you are. But on this day, fathers, I want you to hear me. God's got a plan for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what we've talked about today. I pray that it is helpful and inspirational that fathers would hear the message and apply the truth to their lives and that moms who've heard it on the side would go, boy, that's true. That's that's amazingly uh, painful to hear about the challenge that men go through and maybe they can find a way to be a help, to say something complimentary to their men, to encourage the good fathers, to tell the good fathers, thank you, to say, I appreciate you. To not just criticize them, to, to speak with respect, to speak in a way that they could hear you. I pray that men who've been too far down the road in drinking and drugs would say, "You know, I need I need I need, to get, I need to back away from this. I may need even need to go get help." But may they begin to come up with a success plan that works, is better than this. For those who are holding grudges against their dad or whose dads weren't there, heal their hearts. For dads who fail their kids, heal their hearts. Let this be a healing moment, I pray, this Father's Day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, it's been a joy to share with you. I've got one more message in this series, and then I've got a really exciting series following it. But you stay with me, my friend. We've got one more thing to talk about next time. I'll see you then. And I want to pray one last prayer. Father, for those who've heard this message and have never given their lives to Jesus, may this be that moment that they open their hearts to say, I want Jesus in my life. And I pray that they would open their minds and say, God, I need you. May this be that transforming moment where they'll say, I'll never be the same. And I pray for those who hurt today. May they be healed and forgiven, even physically healed, I pray. Touch them where they are in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, thanks again for being with me. It's been great. Right there on the screen for some of you, there's a, there's a little simple note that says, I raise my hand if you want to give your life to Christ. You can raise your hand and say, yeah, I want to surrender my life to Christ. Or you can email me at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. You can even email your prayer request. I'd be glad to pray for you personally. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. And I do respond. So please do that. If you love the message today, link it and send it to a friend. I'll see you next time. You have a blessed day. Bye-bye. I pray the message you've heard today helped you. I pray it lifted your heart and mind. It's so easy to not think about the disadvantage. It's so easy. You get caught up in love relationships and romance that you forget God. It's so easy to get caught up in alcoholism and drinking and drugging and lose sight of yourself. This message reminds you as a man to remember those things are dangerous. And if you allow that to happen to you, you'll get lost. Today you can change your life direction, but it's up to you to decide that I'm going to forget the things that are behind me. Press to the things in front of me. and I'm going to reach for a brand new life. I'm going to press for a brand new beginning. But that's a press that only a father can make in some settings you are the one that makes the difference in your home in your in your world that God's given you to manage the people that you influence you need to make that decision today let me pray for you father let this message apply and reach down in the hearts of men and not only men women to mothers and fathers but may men in particular hear the power of this message Paul was writing it to everybody but it applies specifically in this context to men in our study. And so I thank you for the difference that it will make in their lives, and I give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I've enjoyed being with you today. Remember, my friend, you're the one that decides to press. You're the one that decides to hear the truth, and you're the one that can make the difference. If you hear what I've told you today, if you hear what the Word of God said today, it can really make a difference. See you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.